For the follower of Jesus Christ, life takes on a whole new significance. And you can't be any more significant than be right at that very center of God's plan. God has this eternal kingdom plan, and then he has an individual plan for your life. And when you live right there at the center of God's kingdom plan and your individual plan, that is life at its fullest. Not to Thank you for joining us on Truth That Changes Lives. Pastor J.P. Jones is the senior pastor of Crossline Community Church in Laguna Hills, California, and a professor in biblical studies at Biola University. Today on Truth That Changes Lives, Pastor J.P. will be giving us a message from a series entitled Spiritual Gifts. Let's listen in as J.P. gives us part one of Equipping the Saints. If you have your Bibles, would you open to Ephesians chapter 4? We're continuing in a series we began several weeks ago on spiritual gifts. What the Bible says is this, that every person uh, has been uniquely designed by God and that when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, part of the new life that we receive is that we are, are designed to fit into Christ's body. We're given spiritual gifts to contribute, to serve one another, to build up the body of Christ. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And part of that new life is that God gives us spiritual gifts. And our gifts are supernatural abilities designed to advance God's kingdom, to contribute to God's work, to build up God's body. And the Bible says that every one of us, as followers of Jesus Christ, have certain spiritual gifts. We've been looking at every passage in the New Testament to try to unpack a big-picture theology to understand how God has designed this body. We saw in Romans chapter 12 that there are motivation gifts. Each of us has a motivation, a drive, uh, something that we want to uniquely add to or contribute to the whole. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 13, we saw that there are manifestation gifts. In other words, there are gifts that manifest or demonstrate the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And some of us have spiritual gifts that demonstrate the life of God's Spirit among us. Last time we were together, we looked at the last half of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 14 to the end of the chapter, and there's another list of gifts mentioned there, and those are membership gifts. Those are spiritual gifts that complement, form a team concept for Christ's body. Today what we're going to see in Ephesians chapter 4 is that some of us have been gifted in a way that not only do we serve, but we equip and train other people to serve. We mobilize people to be involved in ministry. So God has given unique spiritual gifts. He's the one who gives the gifts. And as we understand how God has given us gifts, as we use those gifts in serving one another, Christ's body is built up, God receives glory, and we receive our fullest joy. So it's a win, win, win. Here in Ephesians chapter 4, it's talking about how we've been equipped to serve. This is what it says, Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. 
From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, this is God's design for the church. This is God's plan. This passage is laying out what God wants to see happen in every local church, in every gathering of believers. He wants there to be a building up in love. He wants there to be a growth and a maturity. He wants there to be a spiritual reproduction so that his purposes can be realized. That's what God wants to happen in this church. Uh, Several weeks ago, uh, the executive pastors took off for a couple of days just to pray and to do some strategic planning and some vision casting in terms of where we felt God was taking us as a church. And I mentioned to you that we spent a lot of time in prayer, and one of the first things that we did is that we shared with one another foundational scriptures that we felt were defining truths for who we were as a body and where God wanted to take us over the next five to ten years. And this passage was one of the key passages that we landed on. We believe that this is a passage that lays out what God wants to be doing here at Crossline. And here's what this passage says. God has given gifted people to equip the saints so that God's people can do the work of ministry so that the body of Christ can be built up. Gifted people to equip the saints so that God's people do the work of ministry so that the body of Christ could be built up. Let's walk our way through the passage and see how those truths are revealed straight from the scripture. First of all, gifted people equipping the saints. This is what it says, verse 11. It was he, it's speaking about Jesus, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Here is a reinforcement of a truth that we've looked at already, and that is that God is the sovereign giver of spiritual gifts. There's not some big spiritual smorgasbord that Christians kind of line up in front of and pick and choose whatever gifts that they want. No, God designs us the way he wants us to fit into his body, and he gifts us in the way he wants us to serve in his body. And every one of us have been given spiritual gifts, but the gifts that we've been given have been given to us by God. And what this passage seems to indicate is that not only does God give gifts to individuals, he gives gifted people to churches. Because he defines these gifts here in terms of functions. There are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are people who have spiritual gifts that equip the whole body of Christ. And so every church should be open to the gifts that God gives them as individuals and open to the gifted people that God gives them to serve the church. God's the sovereign giver of gifts. Gifts here are, um, are the gifts of grace. In the previous verses, the passage has mentioned that Jesus Christ is the one who descended, that is, he stepped out of heaven in the incarnation and became a man, and he's the one who ascended after his resurrection. He ascended back to the Father. And so it says that he who descended was also he who ascended, and he gave gifts to men. It's the word charismata. There are two words used in the key passages in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and here in Ephesians 4 for spiritual gifts. Charismata is a gift of grace. Pneumatica is a gift of the Spirit. So what it is telling us is this. As followers of Christ, the moment we cross the line and come into a new life with Christ, part of becoming a new person in our new spiritual identity is that we've been gifted by God's grace. It's not something we work for or can earn. Just God graciously gives of himself. And what he gives is the person of the Holy Spirit who gives us abilities and talents to contribute to Christ's body. They are gifts of grace and they are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And every one of us, if we're believers in Christ, have spiritual gifts. And the great 
process of discovery is learning how God has designed us. Learning who we are in Christ and learning the gifts that we have that are given to us to make a contribution towards the building up of the body. Here, this list, it mentions apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, apostle, it's the Greek word apostolos, sounds just like the English word. There was a unique role of the twelve. They saw Jesus in his life, witnessed his crucifixion and his resurrection. They played a unique role in founding the early church and in writing Holy Scripture. It's a a role that is not to be reproduced. There are no apostles today like there were in the first century. But the gift of apostle is, uh, is the spiritual gift of being sent with a message. The verb apostello means to be sent with a message, and apostolos is someone who has that message and they communicate it. It's a foundational kind of gift. It's a pioneering kind of gift. It's a missionary gift. People with the gift of apostle start churches, develop ministries, pioneer new works, go as missionaries. They are people who have that adventurous spirit and have a supernatural ability to start something where God's kingdom needs to be established. Prophets are people who speak for God. They have a message from God and they declare the message of God. So you got apostles, prophets, evangelists. Uh, the word uh, evangelism is the word uh, taken from the gospel and speaking or preaching the gospel. It means to preach good news or to speak good news. So evangelists are people who speak or who preach good news to other people. So you have apostles, prophets, evangelists. Pastor is the Greek word poimon. It means shepherd. Sometimes in the New Testament it is translated as pastor. Sometimes it's translated as shepherd. And by the way, a person can have the gift of pastor without having the title of pastor. And you can have the title of pastor and not have the gift of pastor. You could be in a church working full-time, paid by the church, called a pastor, but not have the gift of pastoring. Because the gift of pastoring is a shepherding gift that's people-intensive. It's caring for, feeding, guiding, encouraging people. And some people have this gift but may not have that title. In fact, I would believe in a church our size between our first service and this service, we've got people who have the gift of pastoring. You may not have a title. You may not ever be called reverend. I was on the phone the other day. You know, everyone calls me JP. I just, I've always just been JP. I've never used my, you know, right Reverend Dr. JP Jones. I don't use any of that stuff. I'm just JP. Greg and I were trying to handle some business deal, and uh, he told the person on the other end of the phone that I was a pastor, so I picked up the phone, and the guy went, Oh, Reverend Jones? So I felt like I had to deepen my voice and go, Yes, that's me. How can I serve you? You may not be a reverend, you may not have the title pastor, but you may have the gift of pastoring. The Holy Spirit has designed you to care for people, to lead people, to guide people, to encourage people, to help people spiritually. So there's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Teachers declare, explain, and clarify truth. Teachers are those who have a heart for the accuracy of God's word and helping people be equipped with the specific truths of God's word. They unpack the truth of scripture for the rest of us. So this passage says, God, who's the sovereign giver of gifts, has given certain gifts in the form of gifted people to the church, and these people are to prepare God's people for works of service, it says in verse 12. The word prepare there, some Bible translations have that as equip. 
It's the Greek word kartizmos. And that word's used a couple ways in the New Testament. It's used of a doctor mending a broken bone, taking a broken bone and setting it back in place. It's used of mending nets that have been torn and, and reweaving them to function properly. It's used of a teacher imparting truth to the student so that the student comes to full maturity. The word means to prepare, to equip, to heal, to mend. It's a word that basically describes the action of helping something function the way it's been designed to function, to do what it's supposed to do. So apostles, prophets, pastor, evangelists, pastors, and teachers have been given to the church to equip the rest of us to do what God's designed us to do. These people function like player coaches in a sport. Uh, when Magic Johnson played for the Lakers, not only was he an excellent player, but he was a player coach. In other words, he participated. He was dribbling, passing, shooting. He did what a basketball player does, but he was a player coach. He was helping the other players. He was teaching the other players. He was training the other players. So he did his part in terms of his participation in basketball, but he also coached the other players on the team. He was a player coach. And what God has done is he says, listen, in the church, the way I've designed this is everybody's gifted, everybody has a part to play, everybody makes a contribution, but I have called some people to be player coaches. So they make their contribution, just like everybody else does, but their contribution uniquely mobilizes everybody else to make their contribution. You see, what God is talking about here in Ephesians chapter 4 is his design for the church, his design for his body. And um, we, we visited this in the past that that term church or that term body of Christ is used in two ways in the New Testament. One is in the universal way. In, in other words, there is a sense in which every Christian who's ever lived is connected to every other Christian from the first church. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew chapter uh, 16, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. So ever since Jesus began building his church 2,000 years ago, there is a worldwide, cross-generational, cross-cultural church, the universal body of Christ, of which every Christian is a part of. So existing today is a spiritual connection among all Christians. But I, I don't have any sense of relational connection to brothers and sisters in Zimbabwe or Argentina or Iceland or Pacoima. But who do I have a connection with? Who are fellow believers in Christ that I rub shoulders with, that I can make a contribution to, and I can receive the contribution they make to me? Who's that? Us, right here. So this passage is saying something to this church right here, Crossline. And you may, by the way, just be a guest here for the first time, and yet you're a part of this fellowship, and you're a part of the future of this church, and you have a contribution to make to what God is doing in our future. You see, God has gifted people to equip the saints, to bless the body of Christ. Now, you got gifted people equipping the saints so that God's people can do the work of the ministry. It says in verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. God's people. Word here is the Greek word hagias, where we get the word holy one or saint. It's used over 200 times in the New Testament to describe believers, Christians. This is saying that if you, at some point in your life, have made this step of faith, you've crossed the line into a new relationship with Jesus Christ, you are a hagias, a saint. 
You might say, well, I don't live very saintly. (laughs) This isn't talking about your practice. It's talking about your position. And the truest thing about you is what God says is true. And God says you are a holy one. You have been set apart for Christ and his eternal purposes in this world, his eternal purposes for your life. You're a Christian, a believer. And so the NIV describes this as God's people. You're part of God's family. And the flow of the passage is that God has given gifted people to equip the saints so the saints, God's people, can do the work of ministry. You see, God has called us to serve. In fact, the, um, the word here, the works of ministry in the NIV, that has it as plural, kind of emphasizing the various tasks that we perform as followers of Christ, as members of a church. That's not really the point of emphasis that Paul has, though, in the passage. The word here, ergon, is a singular noun. It's not works, but work. What it's emphasizing is not the various ministries, but the work of ministry. I get asked a lot of times by people, you know, how did God call you into the ministry? How did you know God was calling you into the ministry? And it's a fair question, and it's a good question. I, I don't mind answering it. But, you know, technically, biblically, every Christ follower has been called into the ministry. In fact, we're to be equipped for the work of ministry. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says, uh, not that we're adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who has made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter which kills, but of the spirit which gives life. That word servants is from this same word here, In Ephesians 4, it's the word diakonia. We are ministers of the ministry. Every one of us, we're ministers. We've been called to ministry. We've been called to the work, singular, of ministry. Your life is not your own anymore. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we've been bought with a price. Our life is not our own. Therefore, glorify God with your body. Our life has been marked out as followers of Jesus Christ. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5.14 that the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Our lives now as Christ followers has been marked out by God's love so that we don't just live for ourselves, we live for him who died and rose again for us. And part of that life calling is that we've been called to a life of service, a life of ministry. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says this, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, for by grace you've been saved through faith that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not as a result of works, lest anyone should boast. But then it says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God who is outside of time, who's bigger than anything we can imagine, has prepared good works for us. And we're to walk in them. In fact, get this. If that's not enough to blow your mind, you may be here today, and um, you're here as a guest, you're, you're here as a seeker, you're here curious. And, and if I was to sit down over a cup of coffee, as I do with people all the time, and just talk to you about my relation with God and your relationship with God, you might even say, I don't even know if I believe this or not. Get this, you may not even be a person who's crossed the line yet, but God has good works already prepared for you to walk in. 
Because God, who is outside of time, sees your life, sees the plan that he has for your life, sees your decision to commit your life to him, and has already prepared the works for you to walk in. You see, for the follower of Jesus Christ, life's an adventure. For the follower of Jesus Christ, life takes on a whole new significance. And you can't be any more significant than be right at that very center of God's plan. God has this eternal kingdom plan, and then he has an individual plan for your life. And when you live right there at the center of God's kingdom plan and your individual plan, that is life at its fullest. And it's doing the work of ministry. It's living the life that God's called you to live. It's using the gifts that God has given to you. It's making a contribution to what God has called you to the body of Christ. What a great message for all of us today. Pastor JP provides us with great insight. That is why we'd like to make it available to you on CD. Just get in touch and mention today's date. We'll send it your way for just $5. Or if you'd like to support this ministry, you can write us at Truth That Changes Lives, 23331 Molten Parkway, Laguna Hills, California, 92653. Or give us a call at 949 916 0250. That's 949-916-0250. For your gift of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of JP's new book, Facing Goliath. Please join us every Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. at Crossline Church in Laguna Hills. The address is 23331 Moulton Parkway, Laguna Hills, California, 92653. Or check us out on the web at crosslinechurch.com. We're going to get to the address and phone number again in a moment. But before we do that, Pastor JP, do you have any insight from today's message? Thanks, Greg. You know, God's desire is for the whole church to be built up in love. And the way God has planned that the church builds itself up in love is that each member of the church, every believer, contributes according to God's unique design in their life. In other words, every one of us has new life in Christ. Every one of us has spiritual gifts that have been given to us in Christ. And when we complement one another by expressing those gifts, the whole church is built up in love. And that's God's design. And so discovering our spiritual gifts puts us in a position to glorify God, to build up the body of Christ, and to experience the plan that God has for our lives. In Ephesians chapter 4, God says that he's given certain spiritual gifts to equip others to do the work of the ministry. In other words, some gifts by their very design are equipping gifts. They're coaching gifts, they're training gifts, they're teaching gifts. They're gifts that help other people discover their gifts and help other people use their gifts. In Ephesians 4, 10 and 11, it says this, that it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. These gifts mentioned in this passage are equipping gifts. And if God has given you any of these gifts, when you use them, you help other people, you release other people, you empower other people to use the gifts that God has given to them. It's like a spiritual chain reaction. It's uh, it's what's called spiritual multiplication. It's when we take the things that God has built into our lives, we pass them on to others, and they pass them on to even other people beyond that, and then the whole body is built up in love. You see, God's design is that the ministry of Jesus Christ is not carried on by a few, but by the whole body. God's design for you is to use your gifts so that others might be released and empowered to use their gifts. Let's ask God to do what only he can do in our lives and in our church. God, we pray that you would show us the gifts that you've given to us. 
Open our eyes to see how you've designed us and use us to empower others and encourage others and equip others to be who you've called them to be as well. And we pray that the whole church, the whole kingdom of God would be built up in love. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to help you in your relationship with Christ. Please get in touch with us at Truth That Changes Lives, 23331, Molten Parkway, Laguna Hills, California, 92653. Or call us at 949-916-0250. On the internet, you will find us at crosslinechurch.com. We hope to see you at one of our services every Sunday at our new campus in Laguna Hills. For more information and directions, please go to crosslinechurch.com. Please join us next time on Truth That Changes Lives. The cross before the world behind, no turning back, raise the banner high, it's not for me.